0: Well, welcome back to Coach's Corner with JAM Consulting. Hi, I'm George Amidon, along with Greg Heffington, and we're your hosts. Heff, it's great to have hey, you back George. again. It's
1: thanks. good to be here.
0: Absolutely. Our guest today is Dr. David Morrison of Morrison Associates. And Dr. Morrison specializes in organizational psychiatry and is a leader in the field of crisis management. David, thanks for coming back again. Good to be with you, George. As we mentioned before, with all that's going on today in this current environment, we've all experienced disruption, whether it's to the lives of our clients, peers and associates, as well as ourselves and our families. What we'd like to do is discuss and shed some light on three key factors that are evident today. Those three factors are a loss of routine, which we discussed in a prior podcast, followed by a need to act, and finally, a loss of connection and share some simple ideas or recommendations that you can do to help yourself so you can more easily help others. So, half. let's dig into the second factor: of this idea on the need to act.
1: Hey, thanks, George. Um, and again, Dr. Morrison, thank you for joining us. Very well. Let welcome. me just ask- I'm Glad to be with you. Yeah, yeah, we're glad to have you. Let me ask a, a general question, sort of, you know, um, After you've spent, I mean, 40 years, you know, really uh, assessing leaders on on critical judgment factors with this idea that somehow or another we need to be productive. What what drives what drives that process?
2: Well, you know, the idea of work, the idea of producing is something that we're beginning to appreciate as a basic human need um it's it's as important and, and potentially more important than maslow's hierarchy some of the factors that he talks about but from early uh observations of infants that pleasure that comes from competence that pleasure that comes from producing something um mastering something is uh delightful so as we grow and it's, it's sort of sh- channeled into sports or channeled into school, and then as adults um, into a, a work that pays us, um, productivity is extremely pleasant. And um, the idea of working and the importance of being seen as a worker, as well as seeing oneself as, as a worker is extremely important for our mental health is uh, uh, from my perspective, and many others who are working in the mental health world. In fact, um, many of us are working right now to minimize or to uh, uh, revisit the issue of disability from work. So that's been part of the challenge of COVID, um, this current uh, shelter at home or new way of working that we're all dealing with is um, so much of what we've done through the years makes us effective in a certain way. And as we talked about in the first podcast, we've lost those routines so we don't feel as good or we don't feel like we had the mastery that we had. Um, and that's and just typical, uh, normal human uh, experience of you, you regress, you don't feel as competent and you don't feel as uh, good about yourself because uh, you, you're not as productive.
1: Well, that's interesting because that, you know, that in my mind, I was thinking about, you know, sort of, you know, what is it about it that makes us, you know, if you accomplish something, anything, you, you feel better. And I, I appreciate the explanation. It makes sense to me. Um, do you think it's universally applicable? I mean, is it is, is this a general human experience, a general human? I mean, is it broad based? Everybody feels this way
2: yeah I mean there's different data points you can look at. Um, I you know there's been talk of universal basic income. it's a concept of Andrew Yang's. I really think that's going to undermine um, uh, self esteem I think it's going to undermine uh, mental health. I don't like that idea at all there's a There's an aspect to I work and I get a reward. I contribute and I'm a member um, from the most simple earliest um civilizations those that haven't been westernized or modernized whatever term you might want to see there's an expectation of every adult member to contribute as much as they can and that to not freeload unless they're hurt or in some way um enfeebled so yeah it's um it is a basic human need i think around the world uh, to be productive and um sometimes it gets confused with um and the workplace can compound this with just being active i have a colleague at um kellogg who's got um uh, a leadership course that he teaches harry kramer is very popular he's a former ceo of baxter one of the largest hospital products company in the world and one of the bigger ones if not the biggest in the chicago area and he talks a lot about how leaders get into trouble because they confuse activity with productivity. So there's uh, another level after a point of professional development or growth, particularly for those of us who are working white-collar jobs, where you need to be thoughtful about, are you just being active? Are you being productive? So, So that brings in then uh, an aspect of really a gift of what it means to be human, I talked about you know that the pleasure of being productive, um, but there 's a unique aspect of human beings that we are, according to the anthropologists, uh, we are homo sapiens sapiens, that means we are the ones who think about our thinking, so if we 're not uh, making an effort to to look at all right, what did I do today um, was I just kind of on this adrenaline rush of answering emails or scheduling meetings or um, writing uh, uh, memos or editing or or adjusting policy or procedures. Or was I really, um, and that can be productive, but um, did I really forward the ball? Was I really productive as it relates to the overall enterprise of the business? So, um, Productivity is pleasurable, um, but uh, uh, for your audience and for you all as as the Jam Consulting Group, that's a question we have to keep in front of us. Are we um, being productive or are we just being active?
0: David, it's George and and I I love the the comments you made that, you know, we need to think about our thinking and I, I know you've done a lot of work around this idea of critical thinking and judgment Uh, and and a lot of the stuff that you've done over the last, between you and and your father over the last 40 years on this whole idea on on assessing leadership, when you look at some of these, I guess, factors around judgment, and and we're touching on this idea on this need to act, are there any other additional watchouts, you know, the saboteurs, Per se, that that we should be aware of in, in an environment like this that might have an impact on our on our thinking, on our critical thinking. Oh yeah, yeah
2: no, that's a um, that's something that I'm somewhat hesitant to to say I know for sure because um, our sample size has been um, and the people we've looked at have been leaders, and it's been over a long-term period, and we've got. Um, Uh, You know, my father started, we have roughly 40 years of doing evaluations, in-depth evaluations of senior executives, and about 2,000 or more, I think we're over 2,000 executives or leaders have been through. And the process was really around support. Um, The idea of lonely at the top was really something that was appreciated back in the late 60s and 70s, and probably earlier, but psychologically, it was really appreciated that it was there was consequences to leaders not having support, not having a chance to talk about their pressures, not having a chance to integrate all the demands on them. So in that, um, in the spirit of supporting mental health, we modeled a program after what Mayo Clinic does for physical health in that uh, we have a structured, uh, multidisciplinary um, process of evaluating executives and, and then providing support around where their biggest stressors are. Somebody's career may be online, but life outside of work may be falling apart, or their physical health might be falling apart, or their financial health may be falling apart. And uh, looking and listening and seeing how those areas need support has been the essence of what we've done. And around the mid to early 80s, uh, one of our clients said, hey, this is great. You're helping my executives. They're coming back refreshed. They're energized. They're more productive. But I need some data. I want to know, you know, what the hell are you guys learning? I'd like some kind of report. And this was a good client and and somebody we respected, and he was a very successful executive running an international organization, unique in what it was doing. And um, my father said, yeah, of course, you know, let's talk about it. What would you like to know? And he said, basically, tell me about my guys. They were all men at the time. Tell me about their judgment and their ability to handle stress so yeah we've been looking at judgment for a long time and uh, one of the challenges is how hard it can be to get to chicago and spend a day with us and we've added also 360 so we get more data now on the second day as it relates to what people are seeing around them so we corroborate what we find with what uh, people are doing in the workplace and then uh, jam consulting um jim Morell, and your team you guys pushed us and said, hey, this is interesting and helpful, but not everyone can get to Chicago. Give me something I can use in the field. Um, And so roughly 10 years ago now, we tried one, and then, uh, you know, it was an early form. And then we came back and revisited it again, and we've been able to use that in um, multiple settings, including um, Northwestern's... um, School of Management, their their Kellogg School of Business. And uh for the MBA students, the full-time students, the students that are getting their MBA while working, they call them part-time, but they're really time and a half, and then all of their executive ed programs, or several of their executive education programs. Uh, teams that come in and want you know the best practices. Uh, There's a program on how do you lead with your personality. It's called uh, The Leader Within. How do I grow myself as a leader? And then something called Advanced Management Principles, uh, which many business schools have. But the idea is I'm not an MBA, but now I'm in the C-suite. I'm an engineer, or I'm an accountant, or I'm a lawyer, or I'm a marketing guy, sales guy. I don't have time to take two years to get an mba tell me everything you've got in three weeks so it's an exciting uh you know roll up your sleeves work long day and one of the first concepts they introduce in those three weeks is actually judgment the idea being that if you don't understand the fundamentals of judgment or how it works you're not going to get much out of the rest of this three weeks or you know flipping it it'd be worse if you go through three weeks, and at the very end, we introduce judgment and tell you about your judgment. You didn't know that when you started, so it's a nice laboratory. And to the factor that, or, or conclusions, perhaps that you're asking about, there's 13 we look at. There isn't necessarily trends in all uh, of the factors, but there is one that stands out for for the young adults and their. Mid to late 20s as well as the senior executives, and that is impulsivity Um, I was concerned perhaps that it was a poorly written question and that everybody had it But um, I was able to watch closely the last class that came through that was in the AMP class They call it advanced management principles and again their average was high on impulsivity just like their classes range from 25 to 35 to 40 and then the MBA classes, uh, this is Harry Kramer's class, the activity productivity guy, That they range from 75 to 120 students. So there's a lot in, the, in his class, and we measure them three times a year. Impulsivity kept coming up as being elevated. And what I found was there actually are people that come through and they're not high on impulsivity. So it's not that it isn't possible to be low on impulsivity, it's just that in general, everyone's high on that. And that I found to be particularly alarming because um, what we are looking and asking about is are you impulsive when the emotions are high? And that's essentially what we're dealing with now. This is a massive worldwide experiment on can you manage your emotions, like we talked about in the first podcast? Can you manage this anxiety and can you stay reality based? if if you drop the ball on either of those things you cause a lot more work for yourself and those around you so um, impulsivity can come in many forms that activity versus productivity could be a form drinking too much when you're sheltering in place could could, could be uh, there's there's where we there's evidence from other pandemics that child abuse and spousal abuse goes up those are impulsive acts they can be um, tied to substance abuse those are the more dramatic ones the more um uh mundane ones that you know is probably going to catch a lot more people and is a reality uh because they know it is victims of fraud uh, you could very much be um, impulsive and click on something or return a phone call um, or somehow respond to something that's intended to bait you to 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 catch you like phishing with pH, phishing uh, emails. So impulsivity is is uh, is 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 a real, I think, reality that we measured before COVID. It was there for several years in the data of uh, Agile, uh, assessing judgment and insight and leadership. The instrument that we use. So um, that would be the number one factor to watch out for, and that I'd, you know, encourage the listeners to, to pay close to, close attention to that in themselves, in their teams, and obviously in, in their families too. Thanks,
0: David. You, you know, if I were to ask you, is there is there a self-audit or, or a little exercise, I guess, that we should be utilizing or thinking about uh, as we start to look at at uh, this whole process of of judgment uh, of, of critical thinking, are there some steps that we should be following?
2: Well, you know the um, the straightforward one would be the ideal one, the one that would be the equivalent of the of the uh, Do I have coronavirus or not? Would be to, to to come to Chicago and 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 um, you know with the Jam team, let's take a look at uh, who you are and how your judgment works and your pressures, so we could do an audit on where are you at risk of not making the most of your judgment or potentially where's your risk of impulsivity or whatever it might be. The um, that's that's the in-depth um, you know comprehensive one. The more uh, easy one to do would be just simply to go to, um, to to your team and look at the list of the agile judgment factors. There's six that are relating to growth factors and problem solving, and there's seven that are related to saboteurs or fixed mindset uh, traps that you can get into um, and cause yourself problems. And then the interim solution is, you know, uh, it's a – a brief inventory that takes between five and 15 minutes. I uh, take the agile and then discuss it with um, you know Ideally what we recommend I've developed this with um, Fred Harburg and Fred Harburg is a professor at Kellogg as well And he's the one that pounds on that idea. of Don't um, You know waste that gift of thinking about your thinking. It's a real gift as human beings Make sure you're being thoughtful about your thinking, and what he and I recommend is that if you take agile, make sure you work with um a certified executive advisor, and you know that would be the Jan team um uh, for your clients so yeah there there's a range. look at the factors, reflect on them that's the easy one. Put it in front of you as you're as you're doing all your phone calls, et cetera, conference calls during the work day, put it on the refrigerator for your family. And then, uh, you know, get get the uh, get the
0: agile done. Go ahead. David, go ahead. thanks for that. Uh, I guess I was gonna ask you this. And, and, you know, when you look at kind of the, I guess the, the process that we go through when we make a decision, when we utilize judgment, you know, the first thing is, I guess, when you look at it, you know, we gather information. Can you kind of walk us through quickly how, how that, that's, process that we follow is something that we should be doing uh, whenever we think about some of these critical decisions or critical thinking that comes into play
2: oh right of course yeah the fundamental model the model of judgment that we use um is a three-step model it's easy, also easy to 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 master or at least keep in front of you um it starts with being deliberate about using your judgment and, um, and remembering the model, it's the easiest. Uh, thank you for uh, reminding me, but the first step is to um, uh, collect all the relevant available data. Uh, I've got to go to the grocery store. How am I gonna go to the grocery store, bring home food and not infect myself or bring home something that's gonna contaminate my house? I go to the internet, I talk to other people, I read the latest on staying, um, uh uh, virus free and uh, i collect all the data now i synthesize it okay how the next step is boiling it down how do i take all this information and make it relevant to me okay well some of this is not accurate for me Uh, that doesn't really fit Um, but yeah these fundamentals i need to wear a mask i need to wear gloves i need to um, wipe down the food once i get it into the house um, and then I need to have a plan to clean the things that I, I took to the grocery store. One of the more haunting things for me, George, just, this is just a personal aside, but I've been pulled into the medical school lately, uh, because they're scrambling to figure out a way to use or, or, or structure education and new ways for the medical students. Cause they can't be on the wards right now because of the crisis for a variety of reasons. So how do we educate them? Well, now they've got new lectures on organizational psychiatry. But one of the things that, that struck me was the supervisor of these students was telling me how it's similar and different than AIDS. And in the AIDS crisis, it was lethal. If you made a mistake in the hospital, you're dead. You get AIDS, you're dead. There's no cure for it. Now the challenge is actually coming into the workplace and then coming home from the workplace what do you do with your clothes how do you gown up how do you reuse those clothes so the um, for, for you know um, those of uh, your listeners who have spouses or perhaps you're dealing with the public at, at a bank or something like that this is a new um, a new reality and judgment you know used to be kind of uh, just something to consider but now it's literally life and death you've got to be thoughtful about how do you collect the data how do you synthesize it and then the last step is how do you act so that's our that's our basic model
1: i'm looking at this and i'm and i'm thinking to myself okay there's we we surround ourselves with the um the thoughts and how we're getting at it as our listeners are listening I, i'm assuming that you can take this and and extend it to not only who we are individually, our immediate family, but our clients, our work teams, um, this has gotta be impacting everybody. And this idea of impulsivity sort of lives and uh, the need to act, um, it lives high. I, I love the model um, and the idea of, you know, collecting all the pertinent, relevant information. And I think that's one of the the um, pieces to the puzzle that not everybody's sort of paying attention to. Um, you know, we're we're typically in a situation where we collect enough data to where we feel like we can act on it. Um, and it it the challenge there is to is to slow down the process of collecting data. Would you agree with that as part of this overall theme, Dr. Morrison?
2: Oh yeah, absolutely, Greg. That's a critical one.
1: Yeah. So we take that and then boiling it down is really the idea of integrating it into um, the decision model that we have in front of us. So we collect all the data pertinent, relevant, boil it down, integrate that information, and then act. And again, this idea of acting becomes sort of a, a misnomer, or at least the potential for an opportunity to sort of mess the whole thing up. Because if we if we act without thinking, uh, again, we're going to find ourselves in this in this place where uh, we're being um, Impulsive in the process, so I'm back the whole thing up and and think about sort of what we need to do to sort of uh, resist this idea of impulsivity. Um, and it's you know th- I think that's number one resist the resist the pressure to to be impulsive. Don't act um, or not to act is probably just as impulsive as acting without the clarity of purpose. So really, this idea of resist the pressure to be impulsive, but think about your thinking to provide clarity of purpose, to really get to where you wanna go. And then again, this last piece is don't confuse activity with productivity. Um, as part of this process, we've, we've really got to sort of sit back and assess. And I, and I can't tell you how much the, the value of this idea of think about our thinking uh, really resonates with me and difficult to do, but I think it's very valuable to our team.
2: Oh, You're very welcome and you know just building on what you're saying there Greg um, Part of the, the the challenges is to continue to gather data so much of why we're feeling exhausted right now is things that we didn't used to think about is requiring our concentration and attention like we talked about in the first presentation and um, in addition actually thinking about how anxious we feel is probably one of the more important things. I didn't mention this in the first one, but being thoughtful about the experience of fear is very important. Uh, We know from studies of um, military veterans, it was first really thought through in World War II, but if you have too much fear, um, you never get out of your foxhole, you never pull the trigger and fire your weapon at the enemy. If you have too little fear you walk into ambushes or you miss data that can keep you safe so my current thinking or the way I'm describing it is kind of a Goldilocks you know you don't want too little you don't want too much and that is literally thinking about thinking in a very concrete relevant way right now um, so yeah that that's that those three things that you described um, the the importance of using the judgment model the thinking about your thinking and the perhaps where the place you, we all of us could stop and re- reflect a couple times a day is, um, am I being productive or am I just being active?
1: Yeah. Well, Dr. Morrison, I can't tell you again how much uh, we appreciate your thoughts and your input on this uh, very valuable um, Topic of need to act and the idea of impulsivity, and certainly in this uh, sort of unique place where we all find ourselves because of this COVID situation. Uh, to our listeners, thanks for taking the time um, to hear this process, hear this out. Um, if you'd like to hear more on the other factors, you know, listen to the other podcasts that we're uh, developing. And if you'd like more information or just need to talk, uh, reach out to us at jamconsultinggroup.com. Group, Uh, again, we're here to help you specifically. Thanks so much for your time.